Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Acts chapter 10. Why don't you open up to Acts chapter 10 online? Why don't you open your Bibles with us? Come on, stay engaged. Stay with us online. Five things I've learned in five years. That's what I'm calling this message. Five years and five things. Five things I've learned in five years. But let's read Acts chapter 10. I want to read from verse 9. This is a a vision that Peter had. This is obviously after Jesus' earthly ministry. We're in the book of Acts chapter 10. Is what it says in verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up onto the housetop or the balcony, about the sixth hour, which was noon, to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. That makes sense to me. Became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And saw the heavens opened, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Let me read that again. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we thank you for every Sunday that has been preached in five years, God. Father, we thank you that it's always ministered, it's always spoken, it's always shaped and molded us us and has breathed life into us, God. Father, we thank you that your word's not like any book, Father, but it's active and it's alive. Lord, it helps us and it grows us, God. So Father, again today, like every Sunday, Father, we look To the authority of your word, Father, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would come and minister to our hearts through God's word. Minister the word of God to us. Help us to see in a new way the goodness of God and the glory of Jesus in our own lives. And Father, we thank you for colonial kids. Come on, we thank you for colonial kids. Father, we thank you that you're raising up a generation of people who know who they are in Jesus. Father, people that understand their calling and their purpose, Father, to live in this world, as ungodly as it is, but they will be godly. Father, and they will look to you, Father, and they will know who they are and who you've called them to be. God, we thank you, Father, you're raising up an army in colonial kids. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. Well, anniversary Sunday. I can't believe it's been five years. I mean, like, it seems like we just started and we're celebrating five years. It's awesome. But so much has happened in five years. It's been an incredible journey. Jill and I are so blessed to pastor Colonial Church. What started out as just something that was birthed in our hearts that was like, ah, I feel like God is saying we need to step out and do this, is now what we see today. Two packed out services on a Sunday and ministries all midweek and 
all stuff like that. So if you've been here for five minutes or five years, we love you and you're part of the family. Who was here at the very beginning? Come on, show me your hands. Let's see it. You're at the Pumpkin Church with us. But we've seen God do a lot in five years. I just wanted to highlight a few things. Is that okay? Is it cool just to celebrate what God has done just for a minute? Okay, all by the grace of God over the past five years, here's, a, here's just a few things that I took a bit of time and I wrote my journal and I, I came up with these things or I looked back and remembered these things. But we've packed out five different venues as a church in five years. The Pumpkin Church downtown, thanks to our friend Jay Skin, got us in there. That's where we had our first service and then we moved on and we kind of were wandering around for a while. The Lewis Auditorium at Flagler College was there, we were there in and out for a while. The Pioneer Barn up San Marco Avenue. The Parlor Room across the street. We went there because we had nowhere to meet on a Sunday and we figured that one out, or God did on our behalf. Then we finally landed at the Armory, which was home for a while, which was nice. The Armory, which by the way, Jill, Jill and I actually, we got married and had a reception at the Armory. There's some fun trivia for you today. <laughs> but so much has happened, and now finally here at our permanent home at 550 State Road 207. So much good stuff. We've now bought land, secured this facility. We now have not just a church that's trying to put together a Sunday, but now we have a church full of growing ministries impacting all ages. Praise God. From Colonial Kids to Youth House to Exchange Young Adults to Wild Man Grill and Chill, Woven and Kindred. We've also started an online campus who's with us right now, online church, using this pandemic year as a way to serve our existing family, all of us, when we had to. But we've also used it as a way to minister to new people, which is now happening. And an estimated 350 people every Sunday are part of our online church, which is incredible from all over the world. I asked our team to sort of come up with a few stats, but this is a cool one. But this is sort of our reach as a church. It's like unique, you know, individuals. Somehow we've connected and they've come to church, either connected first, then come to church, but we've sort of received their details, helped them sort of either come to church, get plugged in, whatever. But that number is well over 3,000 people in the space of five years. Praise God. It's incredible. We've also supported five other new church plants in five years. How awesome is that? As a church, we've been able to help other church plants as well and help global missions as well. Um, we've given 420 Bibles out to people who have made decisions for the first time or recommitted their life or, or they just didn't have a Bible. We've given out 420 Bibles. Um, I love this one. In our Essentials classes, which is happening next week, if, you're first, if this is your first weekend here, um, next week, the end of each month, we have Essentials classes, and that's kind of our next step. But I'm really excited about this statistic, because over five years, um, we've seen atten uh, Essentials attendance at 753. And the one I love the most is Essentials 1, which is our first, you know, next step. If you're new to faith or you're new to our church or you're recommitting your life to the Lord or maybe you've just never, you've never served Jesus so you really don't know what to do next, which is why Essentials 1 is so important. It's where we talk about discipleship and how to pray and how to read your Bible and 
as well as all that you know is going on with our church, we've had 435 people do Essentials One alone, which is incredible. Started well over 30 dinner parties, baptized 93 people, um, and the big one, which is, do you want to know how many decisions for Christ we've seen in five years as a church? Take a look. Come on. 1,278 people saying yes to Jesus. I think that's worth praising God. I think that's worth praising God. Wow. So every single hand that's raised, that's raised in church, the end of their services, when we give people an opportunity to, to, to encounter Jesus for the first time or recommit their life, we count every single hand. And you know, I said this before, but numbers aren't everything, but numbers represent people's lives. And so that's why we care about the numbers and we, we look at the numbers, but it really just tells a story of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. But it's all been by God's grace. So I just want to thank as well, I want to thank our board of elders, the same board of elders that have been with us and supporting Jill and I and praying over our church and spiritually helping our church for the whole five years. I want to thank you guys. Our phenomenal team, 22 staff now full-time, part-time, 22 in total. I think we have the most incredible staff that help run our church. From everything that happens midweek, you would be amazed at how many layers our church now has. Praise God for it. People getting counseling, kids in youth house during the week, and all kinds of ministries, and weddings, and hospital visits, and you know, celebration of memorial, you know, celebrating people's lives. We're doing that now as they go off into eternity. We celebrate their lives here at church. And it's amazing what God has done. Also want to thank my pastors, pastors Brian and Bobby Houston of Hillsong Church. They are our pastors and they love on us. I was texting Pastor Brian the other day. Um, he's in a hotel quarantine in Sydney, Australia. And, um, you know, just sort of hanging out for 14 days. And I was texting him and I said, hey, can you believe it's been five years? And he's like, man, that's incredible. So good. Keep going. He's like, hey, don't get a big head. You're just getting started. That's what he said to me. Don't get a big head. Just keep going. He said, there's so much ahead. And I want to thank our whole family as well. Um, our whole family's in on this deal. So my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and our whole family, just incredible. But I want to declare today that, yes, it's been five years, but man, we are just getting started. Imagine what God can do in the next five years. So what I wanted to do today was I wanted to turn it to me and tell you what I've learned in five years. Five things that I've learned in five years pastoring our church, planning and pastoring and building and along with everybody else, but by the grace of God, what have I learned about God or what has God shown me? in five years, but here's what I, I believe about this message today, is it will help you to have faith for your journey as well, because it'll be things that you can apply to your life and what you're doing. But the first thing I've learned in five years is this, God is faithful. God is faithful. He is true. He will reveal himself, and he will reveal himself as faithful, and then he will do it all over again. That's why we can have faith for the next five years. Because God has been faithful for, for all of this time. He's proved himself to be faithful. And it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24, it says, He who calls you is what? Faithful. He will surely do it. God is faithful. Sometimes people aren't faithful. 
But you know what? God is faithful. People have come to our church. Some have gone. Thankfully, more have come than gone. But this is what I've learned is that God is faithful. Sometimes we can feel let down by people, but that's only because we've allowed them to occupy a place in our hearts and our lives that only God should occupy. That's what I've learned in five years is that maybe when someone's let me down, it's really not about them. It's actually about who I've allowed to be in a position that God is supposed to be in. See, I'm supposed to trust God, not trust people. In a sense, you can put faith in people. I'm not saying you can't rely on people, but ultimately, who do we rely on the most? We rely on God. And God always proves himself to be faithful to us in life. You know, Jesus will never leave or forsake us. You know, he actually can't. You know, I didn't know if you knew this about theology, but the true theology is this, is that all of that leaving, all of that forsaking, all of that separating, all of that loneliness, Jesus has already accepted it on your behalf. So God is faithful. He's, gonna, he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to turn his back on you. God is faithful. So here's my point. I can trust God and you can trust God because he's been so faithful to us. Here's some of the ways he's been, he's been faithful to us as a church. I wrote a few down. He's provided for us physically. We have always had a place to meet. In five years, we have always had a place to meet. And at times, it's felt like a bit of a scramble fest. <laughs> Where are we going to do church? How are we going to do this? What, how's it all going to work? Layers of complexity and whatnot, but God has always given us a place to meet. He's provided us in that way. You know, he's also provided for us financially. He's always made sure our needs are met. You know, sometimes we've had to step out in faith, and it seemed like a lot of the time, and it's just like, oh, God, we're going to really step out in faith here. Hopefully, you show up. Isn't it amazing how God is faithful? In this building right here, there's pipes that go through the roof, and the cost of just putting those pipes through the roof costs about as much as most people's houses. It was a step of faith. But I can testify today that God is faithful because he always shows up. For his kids. He's provided for us financially. He's also provided for us spiritually. He's always made sure that people are spiritually fed. I think those, that video of the pastors that speak into the life of Colonial Church is an example of that. Yeah. God is taking care of us. God is faithful. He's also guarded us. He's been faithful to our church and we can trust him. I think even this building, yes, it's an example of God blessing us, but this location, this building where God has caused us to be, listen to me, friend, no man, this is not a man-made engineered deal at all. This came straight from heaven. You can't put this deal together. You need God. You need God to show up. And I've seen God be faithful to our church. My point is this, he can be faithful to you as well. You can trust him. I remember... You know, we're in here today, we're praising God. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in five years. And we can look at the culmination of where we're at right now in this building and this place, this beautiful home, and it's all good. But I remember when we got our first storage unit. I was thinking about it the other day, I was in my study getting ready for this message, and I remember the storage unit. Does anyone remember the storage unit? Is anyone there who helped us load in and out at 110 degrees? But it was down on US 1 behind... It was there behind Dunkin' Donuts. They've leveled it now. It's not there anymore at the shipyard. But I remember when we had our first storage unit. I was praising God back then the same way I praise Him now for His faithfulness. 
I remember when we got that storage unit, I was like, God, this is our first location. Come on. This is our first location. You could have looked at me and said, you're an idiot. But I'll tell you right now, that was our first location. Because that was where we could put our stuff. In those early years, we had this rug anointing. I'm not sure if you know about this or not. But it's just like everywhere we did church, portable, you know, portable church, we'd go places. It was just like all these rugs came with us. It was like this rug anointing. At one point, I was thinking, hey, can we like turn this into a business and make some money for church? Because like we got so many rugs. But what we didn't realize was the rugs needed to be rolled up and put back in the storage unit. But I remember praising God back then, three or four years ago, as we had our little eight by 10 storage unit. I was like, God, this is it. This is the beginning. This is where we get to keep our stuff. This is where our rugs go. This is where the pulpit's going to go. This is where our electronics and our, our stuff, our signs are going to be. Lord, this is our first spot. You are so faithful. Yeah. And it's with that same spirit today here, 26,000 square feet, whatever it is. Here's the point. God is faithful to his church. He's faithful to his people. That's the first thing I've learned in five years. The second is this, prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer really, really works. Without prayer, we have no daily connection to God. Without prayer, we're not connected to God. I mean, if you're not talking to God, which is prayer, listen to me, you're not talking to God. Prayer works, but prayer is vital. I've also learned in five years, you should be very careful what you pray for. Prayer works. I prayed for so many things when we began this journey. I prayed that God would use Jill and I, that he would use the people that would, would call Colonial Home. He would use us. I prayed that God would give us influence and impact, both here but also around the world. I prayed that God would give us souls, that he would, he would, we would be a place where it would be just a, 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 a souls factory, that's what I used to pray. I was like, Lord, just make it a place where it's just a hot spot for souls, that lost people would wander in, get set on fire for Jesus, and then head out into the world. Lord, give us souls. I prayed for revival to break out, and I believe it's happening in our generation. But what I've learned is what I have prayed for, God always steps in and helps out with. Here's the truth about prayer. When you pray, you bring the God of heaven into your situation. Just think about that for a second. What are you facing right now? What are you going through right now? What's the struggle in your life? Can I just encourage you? You need to pray more than you did yesterday. And then when you get to the next day, you need to pray more than you did the day before because when you realize how much prayer works, you realize, how can I not pray? I pray that God would bless the work of Colonial Church and not just let church happen, but that God would breathe on it. And I've learned in five years more than ever that prayer works. James 5, I want to read it to you in the Amplified. James 5 and verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. This is James talking to the believers. He said, Your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. Look what it says about prayer. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, look at it, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. 
I want you to write something down in your journal. Come on, write this down. Prayer has tremendous power. Prayer has tremendous power. You know, prayer has been the game changer that's changed our church. That's changed our church from being a church where it was like, hey, all the ideas, all the vision, all the, all the maybe the opportunity, but it has been prayer that has changed the game for Colonial Church. And it will continue to be like that if we pray. Can I encourage you? The strongest position we can be in as believers is on our knees. In prayer. Because prayer has tremendous power. It's the strongest posture we can have. Can I encourage you to pray for our church every day? I want to challenge you. You should pray for our church every single day. And this is why. Because you're praying for yourself. You're praying for your family. You, when you pray and you say, Lord, bless our church, you're praying, Lord, bless me. Lord, will you pray and would you bless the families of our church? You're praying that God would bless your family. When we pray for our church, we pray for us, but collectively we're seeing and we're believing and we're getting God in on the details. Prayer really works. There's so much answered prayer. I believe we're living in the days that previous generations had prayed for, that we would have church services like this. And that's not arrogant to say because this is all by the grace of God. But I've, I've talked to people and I've listened to people tell me, hey, this is what we prayed and prayed and prayed for. Revival atmosphere, Holy Spirit powered up worship. People saying yes to Jesus, dozens and dozens every week. So I, I, that's the second thing I've learned is that prayer has that kind of power. And number three, this is the third thing I've learned is that the gospel is for everyone. Why? Because it's the best news there is. Never before, I mean, 2020, I feel like everyone needs a bit of good news. But the best news there is, is that the gospel is the greatest thing anyone can ever hear. Acts 10 and verse 14, back to our text, is what Peter says. He says, by no means, Lord, for I have not eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him a second time. God said, what God has made clean, do not call common. In other words, Peter, this is for everyone. This, what I'm doing, what I've done through the cross, what I've accomplished through Jesus and resurrection life, which is now available, it's not just for you. It's not just for the elect. It's not just for certain people. Listen to me, friends. Golf clubs are inclusive. Churches aren't. Sorry, exclusive. Golf clubs are exclusive, but churches are not. Why? Because the gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone. And that's, what, that's the revelation that Peter got that day. It wasn't just for the chosen few. It was simply this, that God had chosen everyone. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The gospel, I've learned all over again in the last five years, is for everyone. That's why we build. That's why we toil. That's why we load rugs in and out of storage units. Because the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest thing you'll ever come across and it is for every single person everywhere. I don't know about you, but every time I see people make decisions for Jesus in our church, it just reminds me all over again why we do what we do. 
You can say five years was, are you tired? Is, is, has it been hard? Yeah, there's been toiling. Yes, there's been sweat equity, but there is just nothing better than seeing people connect with Jesus and hearing the gospel and saying, that is for me. I want to walk in newness of life. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want what you guys have. The gospel is for everyone. And let's never forget it. It's what the Apostle Paul made his life's work to preach. It's in Romans 1 and verse 14. He says, I'm obligated, look at it, both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because what? It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. Let's never be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation. I pray we would always be a gospel-centered, gospel-focused church. And we always will be. See, this is for everyone. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what you talk like. Doesn't matter even what you think. See, all of that is relative. The thing that never changes is the gospel. The thing that never changes is what God has done on the cross. That's already happened. And we get to live in the aftermath of grace. Can I get an amen? Just went super quiet for a minute. I'm not cool with it at all. <laughs> five things I've learned in five years. First is God is faithful. My goodness, is he faithful. Number two, prayer works and it brings God into our situation. And let's be heartfelt and persistent prayers. Number three, the gospel is for everyone. Number four, it's what I've learned is the Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is our power cell as a church. I've heard it said this way, but the Holy Spirit is your unction to function. I wonder if you've ever received the Holy Spirit. Has anyone ever prayed for you to receive the Holy Spirit? Because this is what I believe is our growth and where we've come and I had pastors just this week telling me what, what, what Colonial has seen happen, what God has done in five years is not normal, it's incredible. And my response was this, it was just the Holy Spirit. It's always been the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3 and verse 14, look at what it says. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, for whom every family in heaven and earth is named, look at this, but according to the riches of His glory, that He may grant you to be strengthened, look at it, with power through His Spirit in your inner being. See, we love the Holy Spirit at Colonial Church. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We teach on the Holy Spirit. We call on the Holy Spirit. And we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't think we would be anywhere near where we are today if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit in our church. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit's ministry presence every single Sunday. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit invi invading our lives, what does the Holy Spirit do? He's a counselor and He has certainly counseled us through. He is a guide. He has helped us get to where we are right now. He's a helper. He's always helped me and He's helped our church do what we're called to do. Yes, I believe the Holy Spirit convicts you of the sin in your life. He, he illuminates the things that you need to change, but this is what He also does. He convinces you of how good God's love is for you. See, a lot of people say, oh, the Holy Spirit, He's convicting me of sin, telling me what I'm doing wrong all the time. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is too good not to tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, that's an area you need to work on. It's up to you whether you will or not. 
This is what the Holy Spirit truly does, convinces you of the goodness of God and all that Jesus has done for you and how making that decision you made all those years ago or weeks ago is too great. What else has the Holy Spirit done? The Holy Spirit has given us gifting, given us gifting in our church. The Holy Spirit gives out gifts to us. It assigns, Holy Spirit, He assigns gifts to people. I see the gifts just rising up, being used everywhere in our church. All through the week, I see gifts being used and those gifts are being given to people by the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what your gifting is, can I just encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit, what's my gift? What am I called to do? I see gifts being used in Colonial Kids. I see gifts being used on stage here. I love seeing all the young people up here ministering to all of us with their gifts. I love seeing the gifts being used and the young people communicating the Word of God, gifts being used in the lobby, gifts being used in the parking lot. The Holy Spirit is powerful. And we can't live without Him. We won't live without Him. As we invite the Holy Spirit into our situation, into our circumstance, we find the power we would never normally have. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is powerful. It's power from on high. It comes from heaven. It's your unction to function in Jesus' name. So God is faithful. Prayer works. The gospel is for every single person. The Holy Spirit is powerful. And this is all culminating in this last thing I've learned is that Jesus is all we will ever need. Jesus is all we will ever need. Yeah, praise God. Personally, this revelation has shaped me as a person. But I also believe it's shaping our church. Is that Jesus is all we'll ever need. So what's the vision for the next five years at Colonial Church? Listen to me. It's the vision of our church, which is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church. Listen to it. Whose focus is Jesus. And mission is to welcome people home. What's the vision? It's simply this. Jesus is all I'll ever need. Jesus is all we will ever need. We see it in Luke chapter 23, in verse 42 and 43. This is the the crucifixion, and Jesus is about to take his last breath. And there's two robbers either side of him. One's heckling, one's telling him to do, heckling at him. The other one reaches out to Jesus. This is what he says. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So he was expecting that He would just become a memory for Jesus when he gets to eternity, when he goes back to the right hand of the Father, when he gets into heaven, when he gets into the perfect place. But listen to what Jesus says. And he said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is all we'll ever need. And that thief that was on the the side of Jesus, he just reached out in his final moments his final moments, he didn't have time to get down from the cross and go to the Jordan, get baptized and then go to a Pentecostal church, have someone lay hands on him to receive the Holy Spirit and blah, blah, blah. He reached out to Jesus. And he said, remember me. But here's the thing is Jesus is so good. He doesn't just remember us. He takes us with him. He takes us with us on the journey. He'll take you into your future. He'll take you everywhere you need to go. He'll keep you safe. He'll provide for you. He not only takes care of eternity, but he takes care of today. Come on, can I get an amen in church? Can I get an amen online? 
personal relationship with Jesus is all that really matters and all that ever will. It doesn't matter if it's on your best day or your worst day. If you've got Jesus, you'll be just fine. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about making Jesus the central focus of our lives, but also our church. His kingship, His lordship, His renown being the renown we seek, His name, the name that we lift up high, His glory, always looking to glorify Jesus in everything we do, and ultimately seeing His purpose revealed through our church. Can I get an amen? Amen. What's going to make the next five years better than the last? Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's as simple as that. And I like simple plans. So there you go. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for some people. I don't know what was stirring for you while I was sharing that message just now, but I talked about the Holy Spirit being powerful. Here's the truth is you can ask the Holy Spirit anything, anytime. And one thing we like to do in our church is just to ask the Holy Spirit what He's saying to us through the message we're receiving right now. So I'd love it right now. Why don't you just take a moment? Why don't you just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit? Just pray. Just ask Him. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? How is this message resonating? How is this message landing with me? What's the takeaway, Holy Spirit? What are you saying to me? And I believe in this moment, He'll tell you. He'll illuminate something to you. He'll remind you of a scripture. He'll remind you of a word. He'll remind you of a theme. He'll paint the picture for you. But I spoke before about maybe going through a tough time. I have it on my heart today to pray for people who are maybe in the middle of a storm, maybe in the middle of a dry season. And you're in here in church today and you're like, oh, this is cool. Everyone's like having a great time, five years, awesome. But I am struggling right now. I am suffering right now. I need an answer. I need a breakthrough. I need God to speak to me. So I wanna pray for those people today. And we had plenty of people raise their hand last service specifically because they're going through something and they need prayer and they need an answer and they need God to speak. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're in the middle of a storm right now, or a dry season, you're struggling, could be relational, could be financial, you might have just lost your job. And things look bleak, things look dark. I'm gonna pray right now for the Holy Spirit to minister to you, to meet you right where you're at, for you to feel the light come in, for the joy to rise up on the inside. Come on, if that's you and you need prayer, no one's looking around, you just raise your hand. Shoot them up nice and high. You're saying, yeah, I'm going through a tough time. I need prayer. I need, I need God to show up. Yeah, just like I thought, hands everywhere. Holy Spirit, you see the hands that are raised. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would just dwell in the hearts of your people, that you would help us to see the answers that are coming. Father, I pray specifically for relationships right now that are in a dark place, God. Father, we pray for that dawn light to come in. Father, to illuminate the dark places, God, like only you can. Father, I pray right now for where there's provision that's needed that you would supply that that would be the word that they take today, the, the, the provision, the supply that's coming, Lord, because of you, because of what you do, because you're stirring something on the inside of us, God, as we open up our hearts and we look to you, God. Father, I pray right now for, for families to come back together. Father, I pray right now for people to worship like they've never worshipped you before because they're choosing today to trust you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's take a moment right now. Let's worship the King of Kings. Let's worship the Lord of Lords. 
Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.